Hello again. We do want to welcome you back to the Academy podcast brought to you by the uh, brought to you by Bible Media and the Online Academy of Biblical Studies. Uh, we've been interviewing and sitting down with various instructors over the last few weeks. And with me today is Brother Rick Popejoy. Thank you for joining me today, brother. Good to be here. And as we've been going through this, as you, you well know, we've been kind of interviewing our instructors, giving everyone a chance to, to, to get to know our instructors better. And so we're going to begin uh, with kind of a short interview process. And uh, some of the first questions I have here is, why did you get into preaching? And if you went, went to a preaching school, because I know not everyone did, uh, where did you attend? Well, uh, backing up just a half a second before that, I didn't grow up in the church. And when I obeyed the gospel, uh, I found a a group of individuals that really knew their Bible. And there was a friend of mine whose brother was going to go to the Brown Trust School of Preaching. And uh, I decided that I was going to go because I wanted to get that kind of Bible knowledge. I had no intention of being a preacher. Uh, but when I got there and, you know, you learn all this Bible information and then you need to do something with it, I decided that uh, uh, I would uh, uh, pursue that. And luckily, over about 40 years of preaching, then uh, uh, people have tolerated me during that particular time. And uh, they've allowed me to continue this uh, preaching habit that I have. So I did go to Brown Trust School of Preaching, graduated in 1984. Okay. Now, um, and by how long have you been preaching and where are you preaching at currently? Well, 38 years, uh, technically, if you count from the time that uh, I graduated, of course, you know that uh, if you go to a school of preaching, you're actually preaching while you're in school. But uh, so 38 years uh, total, uh, full-time preaching. And uh, uh, like I said, I went to Brown Church School of Preaching, but now I am preaching in Nesbitt, Mississippi which is just south. It's almost a suburb of Memphis, Tennessee. Now, how long have you been there? Because I know you were in Texas before before going to Nesbitt. I've been here about three and a half years. Uh, I preached in uh, Texas, Oklahoma, Wyoming, and this is the first time that I've ever crossed the Mississippi. I'm, I'm actually an Easterner now instead of a Westerner, so uh, uh, that that scared me a little bit. I'm curious, what was it like preaching Wyoming? I loved it. I, I would move back in a heartbeat. I preached in two places in Wyoming. One was called the Red Desert. It was kind of the uh, armpit of Wyoming, which was Rollins, Wyoming. And then the other one was Sheridan, Wyoming, which may be one of the most beautiful places on God's green earth. Okay. Okay. Well, that makes me want to visit for sure. Um, now, when did you start? Uh, these are the last two questions here, but when did you start with OABS? And one of the questions I like to ask is why did you? want to teach with OABS? You know, it's been a long time ago. <laughs> uh, I looked it up just the other day because I knew this was coming along, but uh, I began in 2010. Okay. Uh, so I've been with OABS for uh, 12 years. I guess that calculates properly into 12 years. Uh, I got Oklahoma mathematics, so uh, that may be tough. You might want to check me out on that. Easy. I'm in Oklahoma. so. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, I've taught classes on uh, prayer, the name of God, uh, the book of Philippians, first principles, the New Testament church, 
uh, Jeremiah and Lamentations, the Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, now I teach uh, uh, 54 lessons on the Godhead. So you've done uh, you've done quite a bit. It's 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 interesting that, of course, over the years there's been various instructors that different different you know being here for different links. You know, I think for example, like Robert Taylor was here. If I remember correctly, just for like a year or two, maybe something like that, uh, back in 2017 or something. I know this because I was looking for some of this stuff the other day. But it's interesting when when those who are here, you don't get locked in, so to speak, in one class. Most of the time, it's it's you know you have a chance to do a lot of different ones, and so it's brother, uh, Pablo, brother Taylor was actually teaching Old Testament and New Testament survey uh, early on. I can remember gathering a whole class when I was in Ardmore, Oklahoma. We gathered a whole class of about five or six different students to take his uh, Old Testament and New Testament course, and so it was logged in as one person, but there was about five or six people there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I knew he went back uh, some. Of course, you know, OABS kind of did a big update here back in, oh, probably in 2017. Maybe that's why I think that. But, yeah, he could – do you remember about what year that was? Do you have any idea? Well, that would be before I came aboard. So I came okay. aboard in 2010. I was in, I think, Wellington uh, at the time, and uh, uh, Ardmore was before that. So uh, – uh, it was uh, maybe 08. Uh, I know Tom Wright was the director. And uh, so, uh, yeah, he used to hook things up for uh, Brother Taylor. Yeah, there's a, there, I remember there's a couple of folks who were like that. Uh, I remember being in that position at one time. Uh, now, why did you want to teach with, with OABS? You know, it's interesting. That part, I just, I, I don't know that I can remember. I, I mean, as a teacher, mm-hmm. you, you want you want to teach and mm-hmm. uh, uh, working with uh, uh, things such as Tolstar and things such as that or, or, or the uh, uh, what's the uh, radio gospel radio network, gospel radio network yeah. and, and uh, things such as that. I've just always thought that this would be a good a good prospect uh, to be able to to. Uh, influence people that are going to be Bible class teachers, going to be, uh, uh, I mean, they're going to be good students of the Bible from here on out. You go through OABS and you're going to learn how to be a good student of the Bible. Yes. And you know, and what's, what's interesting, and I pointed this out, I think I've been with Brother Dickinson uh, about how even some who have gone through other preaching schools have still come back and wanted to take certain classes with, with, with OABS, even after leaving preaching school, uh, which I don't, it's probably more common than what we realize when that happens, but you know, it really doesn't matter who it is. If someone wants to come and, and, and be a part of OABS, it's, you know, it's the reason we're here is just for that reason is for you know, teaching. Um, now, like we, like we've been doing, uh, I ask each instructor to pick out some scriptures and things they'd like to talk about. And so this is a part where I'll swing it back to you and let you do, let you do your thing. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Actually, I've chosen three scriptures today and they, they all ro- revolve around a particular uh, time frame. And generally when I introduce this, I do so by asking, uh, I did a Wednesday night devotion on this not too long ago and, and I just asked them, what do these three passages have in common? Uh, Psalm 22, verse 1, 
Psalm 31, verse number five, and Psalm 69, verse number 21. Of course, they have in common, they're all out of the book of Psalm, uh, but it's so much more than that. All of these were spoken uh, by the lips of our Lord Jesus Christ while he was uh, uh, in his ministry. In particular, these three were spoken by Jesus on the cross. So three out of the seven sayings that Jesus had on the cross came directly out of the book of Psalm. Now, you probably uh, recognize these, but Psalm 21 uh, and verse number one says, uh, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And that's the quotation that uh, Jesus spoke upon the cross. Now, there's a lot of uh, individuals that I think probably go way too far in the explanation of this particular, but what Jesus was saying to those individuals that day was, I am the fulfillment of Psalm 22. I'm the fulfillment of the prophet, the prophecies of uh, the Messiah. And uh, so Psalm 22 is a veritable roll call of prophecies about the cross and the suffering of, of the Messiah. And Jesus was simply saying, I am that Messiah, and you have put me on this cross, and I am the Lamb of God that will offer myself as a sacrifice. And so Matthew 27, 46, uh, uh, Mark 15, 34, uh, both of those uh, record that particular saying of Jesus. And it's interesting to me that the record in Matthew and Mark says that he cried out with a loud voice. Uh, after being beaten, being up all night, being tried, being beaten, being uh uh, scourged and then dragging uh, uh, the cross up that uh, horrific hill. I can't imagine how loud his voice might have been, but he cries out with a loud voice. And uh, the things that were written in the book of Psalm concerning him, uh, he fulfilled. Now, Psalm 31 and verse number five says, into thy hand, I commit my spirit. And uh, Luke uh, 23, 46, Jesus uh, quotes that particular verse. But I always like to think about this. Jesus said on the cross that he had confidence that God would take care of him. I, I commit my spirit unto thee. And Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 12 says the same thing in relationship to his own spirit and the things that he has entrusted unto Jesus Christ. He knew that he was able uh, against that day to keep it. And so we should be asking ourselves whether or not we're uh, engaged in these particular uh, 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 psalms. When we engage them, does that fit us? Do we have that kind of trust? Psalm 69, 21, uh, they gave him uh, gall for his meat. And uh, in my thirst, they gave me vinegar to drink. Now, when you look up John, John's account, John 19, 28, it says, and Jesus, knowing that all things now were accomplished, that the scriptures might be fulfilled, said. So it, this is when he said, I thirst, it's not just that he's saying, I'm thirsty. Yes, he was, but it was the fulfillment of scripture when he did that. And uh, so uh, to me, uh, listen, OABS is all about the cross. It's all about the Christ. It's all about the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the power 
that is invested in anything and everything that we teach. It doesn't matter. The cross is the central heartbeat of OABS. And I, I pulled up. I love this song. Anytime we sing about the cross or anytime we sing about heaven, uh, that to, to me, those are the most precious things to sing about. And some 315 years ago, Isaac Watts sat down and wrote words that you and I sing. Uh, the Lord's Church sings every Sunday. When I survey the wondrous cross. And, and I tell you, I, I've got chills just talking about it. And, uh, it, uh, it, it, it amazes me how powerful, uh, the message of the cross is to change people's lives. And that's what OABS is about. Now, I realize it's not necessarily designed as primarily evangelistic, but there is that nature to it. We're designed primarily to edify and strengthen those who have already received the gospel. But if the gospel is not at the heart of our teaching, then what good is it when we take it out to somebody else? And so uh, uh, the cross is it, it's, it's a hard thing for members of the church to think about, because when we think about our Lord being humiliated and uh, brutalized in such a fashion, it, it's, it's tough for me. But from this vantage point, I'll close with this, Brother Russ, but I can't think of a single person that I despise so much that I would walk into their hospital room on their dying bed with their family all around them and begin to beat and mock and ridicule them uh, for the life that they lived. I, I can't think of the animosity that humanity demonstrated to deity on that particular day, and especially to Jesus Christ, our Lord. Uh, to me, that's what OABS is all about. You know, and I think like you're reading here from, from the Psalms, and we think about, like, like you said, that song, When I Survey the Cross, it is, those are things that when you really, when you're really thinking about them, it's hard not to be overcome with a lot of emotion about it. Uh, you know, I think about these, these verses, but I also think about Isaiah 53, which to me, that's a very difficult, much like here, very difficult section of scripture to get through because when you're reading about what you're, when you're really thinking about what, you, what, what you're reading about what the scripture is saying, it is gut reaching to think about what was done on our behalf. And like you said, imagine some going and just ridiculing someone, uh, when they're, you know, about to, in their life is about to end. And that's what happened with, with Christ. Uh, and what's, and what I try to remind people of as well, and I'm sure you have as also, is that Christ knew all this was happening, going to happen before it did. You know, before he went to the cross, he knew this this was going to be the end game, so to speak. Uh, and yet he still went there anyway. I mean, can you imagine doing, trying to do the greatest thing possible for someone while at the same time, that same individual is mocking you and ridiculing you and denying that you even are who you say you are? Because that's exactly what he did. Uh, and you know it's a lot of a lot a lot to take in, and that's why I think a lot of times I get very frustrated when I, when I hear people's phones going off during the Lord's Supper, when I hear people chit chatting or doing other things during the Lord's Supper, because uh, to me that's just like a slap in the face, uh, not just to the worship service in general, but to the Lord. And when you read Psalms, you know, these Psalms here, like you said, the three of the seven statements, and you go back and you read the others from the gospel accounts, 
uh, it takes a unique person to look at this and shrug it off. And, and like you said, with OEBS, we're this and so much more trying to help you to remember uh, this is what it all comes back to really is why we are here in the first place because of what Christ did. Why we're teaching because this is what Christ did. Why are the students here because of what Christ did. And, and so it all centers around, around, around that. And so uh, a lot, a lot of good things for us to think about and to remember and be mindful of. Yep. You know, you mentioned Isaiah 53, I always try to get people to read it differently and read it multiple times together uh, by emphasizing uh, first what he did. Uh, you know, he is despised. Uh, but then to notice the second reading through that he was despised and rejected of men, he was acquainted with grief. We hid our, now focus on what we did or what benefits we receive out of it. And to me, it changes uh, the whole perspective of Psalm, uh, of Psalm 22, of, of Isaiah 53. Uh, and uh, it, it's just, to, to me, when you focus on that, I'll I tell you another set of scriptures I almost uh, brought up was Mark 8, 9, and 10. There's three sections there where Jesus begins to talk about I'm going to the cross. I'm going to be brutalized. I'm going to die. I'm going to be resurrected. And in the first one, it's Peter saying, no, 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 we don't, we're not going to go that route. And he says, thou savorest not the things of God. Uh, the second time, uh, they're, they're thinking about other things. And the third time, uh, they're arguing about who's going to be greatest in the kingdom. And, and you know, you mentioned something that brought that back to my attention. How often are we just like those disciples? We've heard the gospel story over and over and over again. And when we're, uh, when those prayers are going on or, or we're about to partake of the Lord's Supper in memory and honor to commemorate that great and glorious death, you hear, you hear people shuffling for other things or doing other things. No different than the disciples did and no different than some disciples do today. Now, those disciples grew out of that, uh, and we need to as well. Yeah, it's, it's you know, you think about what we're talking about here today, and I think about the purpose of OEBS, and I think we have to remind people that you never stop growing as a Christian. I think people don't really realize that. I think they get complacent. Uh, we, we get to the point where we obey the gospel. Maybe we, we've been faithful for years and we think, okay, I've, I've, you know, I've stamped my card. I'm done. And, and then, you know, we see the church struggling in so many ways. Uh, and we wonder why, well, knowledge is at the heart of it. And OEBS is one of those ways in which, uh, we can help prevent that. I'm not saying it's a cure all because the heart of man is a heart of man, but it's hard to make excuses, uh, when we have these types of things available and then we see this, the church struggling, we said, well, what can we do about it? Well, the first thing we need to do is get back to where we ought to be. And that's in the Bible. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I know we're both preachers, so we could keep going here for a while, <laughs> for a while, and that'd be okay. If it wasn't for time limits on this. Uh, but I do appreciate you being here uh, with me. I appreciate everything that you continue to do. Not only with OABS. I know you're a very busy man, like most preachers are. Uh, doing various other things. And I know you'll be at the lectureship and in independence here 
in a few weeks at Midwest Lectures. And for those who are listening, if you're in the area, I would encourage you to join us at Independence, the 39th Street Church of Christ for the Midwest Lectures. I believe this is number 40, if I remember correctly, is what it said. I think that's right. Yes, because last year was 39 for 39th Street. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So this is the 40th year. And uh, yeah, well, that's been that's interesting because I just I just turned 40 yesterday. I think, well, this has been gone for 40 years. That's kind of crazy to think about since 1982. But uh, uh, but a lot of good things happening there and glad to be able to be a part of that. And so if you're if you're in the area, you can hear uh, Brother Pope Joy in person. And unfortunately, you can also have to hear me in person if you're there as well. But we do encourage you to come out to that if you are in the area. Again, we do thank you for tuning in. We thank you for listening and being a part of uh, this time for us to encourage one another. We hope you listen to all the episodes here on the Academy podcast, and we hope to see you again next time.